Hello again, out there in Radio Land. <laughs> in, in Video Land. YouTube Land, Spotify Land, wherever you're joining us, welcome. Welcome back. After a two and a half week break, the brand of Big Vito T, we ride again, baby. Super kick, super kick, super kick weekly in the house. Man, I blew that. Super kick weekly. Yeah, we're back. Uh, Yeah, weekly. We're here. Speaking of which, Vito, pretty big news. I'm going to throw this out there before we get into our main course. Happy late Thanksgiving. Happy late Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to everyone in general. Happy Black Friday. Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, Vito, I want your thoughts on uh, being the elite being over. Ooh. No, they're not canceling the, they're not shutting off the YouTube channel, right? You know, I just I, I just saw the headlines. I haven't actually read any kind of the thing, journalism. They haven't been doing like uh, they've been doing like these shorts, like Nemeth did a short, and like Cole Cabana and uh, Brandon Cutler have been doing like these little shorts. So I'm hoping they just keep doing that small stuff and just like maybe get away from the hour or not hour long. They used to be uh, like the twenty. Four thirty-minute shows that they were doing, not actually doing the just, series part. Yeah. yeah, if like Cutler or Nemeth or someone just throws up a five-minute thing, or because they're funny, it helps people get over. It does. BT has helped people get over. So if they just throw something up there, Nemeth do it or Cutler, just give people say, hey. You mind if I throw this up on BTE this week? No, go for it. It that would be a thing. shame to to blow it all all up completely yeah. because yeah, you have uh, work has been done. Yeah. You know all the all the YouTube. Yeah. It's the it's subs. the first it's a big one. deal. Yeah, it's the it's the one that everybody says. Oh yeah, I kind of went off that, but not to copy that. It's the it's that one. You know what I mean? So, for them to just cancel it all together, I I really don't think that it should actually be done. They should just leave it there for that. That's my opinion. I like that idea, but the series itself is yeah. coming to an end, so it's an end yeah, of the that era. sucks. For me, that does suck. I'm super entertained. Pour some liquor out. It has gone downhill. Ratings, the ratings have ratings have plummeted, brother. <laughs> but they've also been saying that about dynamite. <laughs> oh, jeez. And collision. Oh. I mean, this is something we've visited a time or two as far as uh, AEW theory and and you know, we've went back. I don't know if we've done it on the show, but we've kind of had discussions about it back and forth. I'm like. Bro, this is too much. You're like, there's it's never too much, <laughs> you know. So like, Attendance I don't know. Attendance is down. Ratings are down. Uh, yeah. Some say morale is down. Well, but it's good TV. 
I think, in my opinion. Do you have any kind of a theory as to why uh, why interest is down? Is this a normal cyclical thing? We are in the middle, in the dead middle of uh, football season, uh, of course. So I think that has a little to do with it. Honestly, but. I'll tell you what I think. I think it has to do 100% with the WWE. Because the, and this is, and this, uh, my data comes from social media purely. Because there are people who refuse to even watch the uh, AEW because it's not WWE. And they um, just will not even give it a chance. And when they do watch it, I've seen this said on social media, when they watch it, it's like, oh, this isn't WWE. I can't watch this. I can't connect to this because this isn't what I've been watching my whole life. So they're like, nope, not for me. (laughs) So that's why I feel AEW isn't really... I mean, it's picked off the ground. That's no doubt. It's a well-working wrestling company. But um, in my opinion, that's why the thing is going down because people are uh, comparing it to WWE. Well, I mean, if you, yeah, if you if you do the, if you run the numbers, you look at it like, okay, on average, Raw's still doing about, what, two and a half million? And then you have AEW, you know, struggling to hit the million mark, you know, on any kind of consistent basis. I mean, they were at one point. Either way, okay, let's let's just let's give AEW credit, put them at a million. All right, a million potential viewers that they have right now on average. That still there's a million and a half wrestling fans that they're that they're I'll missing somehow. Up. They're missing those folks somehow, and yes, there is a very vocal, um, you know, because like, you know, it's like having the Monday Night Wars in the social media era, right? Like, there's, yeah. there's so much more banter between fans possible than there ever was then. So, yeah, everyone's kind of taking sides and wearing... Uh, wearing their side on their sleeve, which, which is what it is. I mean, you know, I mean, we're tribalistic by nature, of course. Um, I mean, that's kind of the whole, the whole thought on sports in general, you know? Yeah. We're tribalistic Um. over our team and uh, most people identify as a member of the WWE team. Yeah. And it's hard for them to, to walk away from that. Why can I pull up the ratings? Yeah, bro. I imagine, imagine being born in like 98 and all you've ever really known in your life is the business, how it is now, you know, you didn't even live, you didn't even live through the Monday night war. Or like you did, but you were like two years old. Um, yeah, so you're born. So you're born in 2001. It's got to be weird for those fans, but I also think at the same time, let's compare AEW to basically like 
uh, like early 90s WCW, you know, but like way better, of course, from like a, a product standpoint. But that's like basically where they are. Like they're a good, solid company. Um, but, you know, I don't know. And at some point, they buy the NWA. And then at some point, they go head-to-head with WWE. And then at some point, Vince McMahon buys them. It could Is eventually happen. It could Is that eventually what leads happen. us to today's video? <laughs> right. They, that's a good way to circle it all around. Yes. I mean... The, the effects... <laughs> Basically, yes. I mean, the effects of all this we're we're feeling to to this day here. And we'll circle circle back around to that if we can. But yes, if we go back in time to a simpler time, two thousand one. Great TV, man. In our last episode, we covered the very final WCW Monday Nitro. And the raw that was concurrent to it. And uh, so basically the idea of this exercise was to review the actual invasion itself step by step. So apart from a brief appearance in the stands at WrestleMania 17, we don't really see hiding or hair of any of the WCW people until this show that we're about to review, which skips us all the way to May 28th, 2001. So almost uh, basically a two months, two months it took them uh, between WCW getting acquired and them finally getting this thing up off the ground. So I know there's probably a lot of stuff that happened in between, uh, we we had a, I know we at least had one pay-per-view in between that, if not two. Um, we're coming off of, and I know for a fact from watching this show that we're coming a week away from uh, the Triple H quad tear. Mm-hmm. That was just the week before this. Right. Yeah. So the two-man power trip. Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold turned heel at Mania. That's something else that happened in the meantime, um, which we could do a, a whole of, show A lot on. of ECW guys started showing up in this time. Oh, okay. So they had filtered in. Yeah, ECW uh, started filtering in. Some, some ECW wrestlers, but they weren't... Um, necessarily part of any kind of an angle as of yet okay no but that's but they started coming in at this time and you got Heyman there on commentary yeah and all that he was there during the thing but um yeah because rhino was come had come in and the dudleys were were also there before but during this time a lot of ecw guys are coming in setting up what comes the next few months from a behind the scenes perspective we look at it like uh i'm sure you know we hear that 
Vince initially had the idea to actually go full throttle with this. Um, I mean, you hear the, the old story about how he wanted to turn, you know, raw into nitro and then SmackDown would, you know, would be WWF or whatever. Uh, of course you can't just make a TV deal appear out of thin air. We know that that's how it works. You know, today yeah. there's a long, yeah. you know, there's a bidding process and all this, uh, and a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen in order for that to happen. So he couldn't just create, uh, a TV show out of nowhere, uh, time slot out of nowhere rather. Um, so they had this property, and I guess at some point they just decided that since they weren't going to do any of that, this was essentially their plan B, right? I mean, from what I understand it. I I actually don't know any of that background, I guess. Right. Essentially, this is plan B, what we, what we go into here. Now, I don't know what the initial plan would so have been. It took them two months to work on it. Right. It took... <laughs> Took him two months for them to circle. Let him marinate. To this. Let them marinate and miss miss those guys on WCW. Let them try to remember everyone who was on that last Nitro. I mean, who knows? I could imagine Vince trying to, you know, frantically make phone calls for a month straight. You know, trying to work out. <laughs> you know, trying to beg the. Uh, well, at the time, I don't think they were on USA. They were on TNN still. Yeah, TNN. Yeah, they had just moved to to TNN, which I, I've talked about this before, was an overall boneheaded move for them to follow that money because they went from uh, Raw doing like sixes on USA and when they switched to TNN, they were in like 2 million less homes. So they started doing like fours, 4.5s. Did it change when they changed the Spike TV? I don't think so. I think it pretty much stayed consistent. You know, they were in like the four, four and a halfs, uh, you know, for Raw once they moved, which was still great. But I remember thinking that at the time, like, man, they just like, they just like threw away, you know, two million viewers just said, see you later huh. and took more money to have less viewers over on TNN. And then when they went back to USA years later, those those people weren't even there. They had they had less people. They were down in like the threes. Wow. And regardless of all that. Um, you know, and then TNA was on spike for years, but couldn't even get into the ballpark uh, that WWE had, you know, WWE pulling fours. Uh, TNA did what? Like a one five, like a 1.2 once at best. Like, yeah. when they like, you know what I mean? Like, give me a break. Yeah. So that brings us to this. This Raw that we're going to talk about, the May 28th Raw. I think that about brings us to it. Yes, I think we're here. There's so much. There's so much to, to catch up on. We could have done like a whole intermediate podcast probably. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about this show, Vito. This is where the WCW invasion 
for all intents and purposes, kicks off, if you will. Yes. Yes. So we'll talk uh, about that a little later, but it is Shane starts his uh, gimmick. Shane O'Mac. <laughs> well, Vince and, Jer- Vince and Jericho start off this show. Well, just let's just say that TLC three was on the SmackDown before this. A four way TLC three was on SmackDown the the week before this Raw. How crazy is that? It's forgotten TLC match. It was the first time they had ever had one on TV, I think. Yeah. And I remember it being a pretty big deal. Yeah, it was. And Jericho and Benoit retained their title. Yeah. Uh, remember actually watching SmackDown that week because at that point I had basically stopped paying attention to it. So. And. Uh- before Vince comes out, okay, I got to ask you a question. Did you understand the whole Undertaker's wife letter carrier thing? Did you get that? The that JR talking about how there's a letter from or from or for Undertaker's wife from a letter carrier. I did not catch that. Yeah, I mean, then I then saw the stalker it. thing later. Yeah, well, Jr. said it in the beginning, and then he repeated it again later on in the show. Mm. I wrote it down again somewhere. But, yeah, he said it in the beginning and then repeated again. Something about Undertaker's wife letter, or Undertaker's wife letter carrier, something. And then uh, and then we had the stalker video later that we'll discuss. Which, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh- yes. Anyway, Benson, Calgary. <laughs> I think uh, potentially they had started that angle a week or two before, but don't quote me on that. So maybe it was some sort of a continuation, but when I saw it on this show, I thought it was where that had started as well, but maybe not. Um, Vince and Jericho, uh, they start off with a talking segment. This was great. Uh, Benoit comes out. Basically, the whole thing leads to them making fun of Vince uh, doing the stand back from the slanties, which which I believe is a bit that has been used at least a couple times since then, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah, Triple H and and, uh, Shawn Michaels have used it too. See, there you go. Um. I like the little uh, verbal back and forth jab where uh, Vince says that Jericho had a Canadian mic and Jericho said, you got a billion dollar company, you can get a microphone that works. (laughs) I was like, dude, that is awesome. I was like, Jericho won that one. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Uh, and uh, I thought Jericho did a pretty good impersonation of the Fink when he said Mr. McMahon. Did you right. catch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Mr. McMahon. Yeah. I put a couple more notes here. Uh, he called Stephanie a slut again. I didn't like that. We got two and a half months later still calling Stephanie a slut. 
see here. Oh yeah, the there was he was asking them where he got the video from, and the first thing that came to my mind was the WWE Network beta right. edition. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, then I remembered that uh, he wrestled um, Big Show on the last video that we watched on that Raw. Right. He wrestled against Big Show on that show. Yeah, that's so, right. I thought that was impressive, yeah. Because that ends up happening again tonight. Yeah. Those are the notes I wrote. Now, yeah. I did... This, uh, you know, and basically the the moral of the thing is, is that, uh, you know, Jericho trying to get a title shot from uh, from Stone Cold, both Jericho and Benoit um, are basically gunning for gold at this point. This eventually ends up building to a uh, a triple threat match at the next pay-per-view, but this is kind of the groundwork of them keeping this feud going. And of course, this had to have been a change of plan, right? Because of the whole Triple H thing. If Triple H doesn't tear his quad, we possibly get another tag team match this week. Maybe it was oh, yeah. going to be a four-way. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, scenarios. Triple H would still be in the title picture, for sure. Exactly. The two-man power trip uh, does not break up. Hunter doesn't go on the injured reserve. We don't get the big baby face return months later. I mean, it's really... No. Some major decisions were made when they uh, when they went into the show. because, And that's what makes me think almost that uh, part of that whole Triple H thing... And part of what they do with this whole WCW thing, they're like, okay, well, we might as well roll this out now since our plan for, for Triple H isn't working. You know, or maybe they yeah. already had this to go concurrent with what was going on, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, we then move on to X Factor versus the Hardys. Uh, X Factor, of course, we we had to dub over the Uncle Cracker version of their song with some I generic. Sad. I was so sad. Yeah, right. That was one of the best. Yeah, uh, Eddie wearing a Hardy gear was a little weird for me. Right. He had the full sleeves and everything. I was trying to remember back. I'm like, why is he hooked up with these guys? I couldn't remember why Eddie was with the Hardys for some reason. Did they explain it? Did I miss why why he was with them? Was it a Lita thing? Was he hooked up with Lita? The only thing I can think of is that this was the same year that they started with the whole Latino Heat thing yeah. with him in China. Yeah. So, or wait I didn't a minute, see maybe China. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Maybe that happened the year before. Actually, you know my they, memory. It's no good. Because, because. Eddie came in in January of uh, 2000. So I guess that happened the actually the first year. Because right? China's long radical. gone. China was not on this show at all. So she's gone. Oh. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That'd be that. That's something we should have. We should have looked that up. Damn it. Uh, I'm going with. I'm going from the show to show. I'm not looking up uh, past stuff at all on this. Yeah, now we're locked in. You yeah. know, so it's like we either remember it or we don't. You know. Yeah. This is that's what I'm doing. If you want a historic breakdown of these things, there's that's others, not us. There's other podcasts that that'll do that sort of thing for you. We just kind of want to talk in about the this shit. All I know is, bro, is that after watching this match, this made me remember the fact that the star of the show, uh, as far as the Hardy Boys goes, uh, always was, always will be, Lita's thong. All right? I mean, let's just call it what it is, all right? (laughs) Right? Uh, I mean... Yeah, I was always a fan of all those guys. I was watching a match, and I was like, man, I missed all these dudes. You know? Like, I mean, I know I get to see uh, two of them uh, somewhat often. Not very often, but somewhat often. Would the uh, the Hardys have gotten... Would they have gotten as over as they got without the thong? That's what I want to know. If we can go back in time... Like, you know, I think I think people thought they were pretty cool, but then, like, you know, that just kind of put it over the edge. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they had a little match here. I yeah. didn't really write much down about it. Did you take notes on the match itself? Those, uh, were, those were my only thought, thoughts. I thought it was just a really good match. It was solid action, you know? They hit all their good moves. Uh, I'm a. I, I always like Just Incredible. It's always a fan of Just Incredible. For sure. Uh, the match went three forty one. Uh, Hardy Boys won, of course. Well, uh, we go from there into a backstage segment with Trish and Terry, uh, where they're having fighting a, over a mirror. <laughs> yes, they have a woman argument over a mirror. Having a mirror match, yeah. So, I guess a reasonable enough thing uh, for <laughs> for a couple women to argue over. Yeah, and um, we find out that they're apparently going to be in a mixed tag match against each other later during all this. Yeah. So, uh, then we then we get Inter- a re- intergender match. Yes, intergender. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. I was confused, too, until it started going down, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen one of these in a while. Right. Yeah, Yeah. this is is back when the gloves were still off, right? Yep. So then we were in, I forgot about this little team, this little backstage team, William Regal and Tajiri. These, These were always good segments. Oh, comedy, gold. He's telling him where to hang the picture of the queen. <laughs> not even looking. Up to the left. Nope. Oh, um, little more. Little more. Yep. Yep. Over there. Over there. Yep. Oh, man. I love that. Then Albert busts in and he breaks it, drops it. Oh, man. Good stuff. That's good comedy right there. Uh, Eddie Guerrero ends up in there, right? That's what I had. I put something with Eddie. I don't know. I guess I was just like, I guess uh, I didn't hear it or something. I just wrote something with Eddie. That's all I have. 
don't know. Albert went in there and broke the queen. Who the fuck? And then the, and then the next <laughs> note I have is lots of strobing. I don't remember. I think I closed my eyes. Huh. And then I have uh, Rhino versus Benoit is my next uh, is my next note. Yes, we got Rhino Benoit. Uh, they did a sweet uh, in the referee. Here. Let's let's not overlook the referee of this match. Nick Patrick. No, what? No, Teddy Long. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Teddy, Teddy. I don't know. Playa. It was Teddy Long. Yeah, I was this is... so I was caught off guard. I was like, I was like, WWE had a black referee back in the nineties or back in the early 2000s and then i was looking at it i was like holy shit that's Teddy long yeah play a play a anyway i had to throw it out there dude i remember us discovering that back in the day me and my brother you know we were like oh my god is that teddy long like how come teddy long's a ref he should be managing (laughs) you know yeah why isn't he managing doom like you know ron simmons is there you know i don't know but uh, yeah, no, that's. Uh, but sure enough, yeah. it was Teddy, and you know yeah. he paid his dues as a ref, and then uh, never went really back to managing. He got to be the he got to be the GM player, making tag team matches. Tag team match player. Yep. Bro, they did an awesome uh, finish in this match. Uh, well, I mean, at least the spot where uh, Benoit countered the gore into the crossface. Oh, he snapped that. I, I have that written down here, too. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. that was great. He, sna- he snapped the crossface down. I, I thought he, like, broke his arm down or something. Right. Oh, man, that was cool. Man, Benoit, why did he have to be a murderer? Yeah, what a dick. Dude was so good. Oh, ah. man. Ah. Just anyway. sucks. Boo. All that work, you can't appreciate it now, you know? It's just bullshit. Yeah. But that's, that's cool. all I have pretty much for that. Um, yeah. They play a recap of a Trish and Steve Blackman thing from SmackDown. Uh, where they were behind one of those room separators, and <laughs> yeah, that was funny. The whole gag is that oh, his kendo stick is his Johnson, and yep, someone pops in, and who? So, someone, Crash Holly, I think. Yeah, one of the Hollies or something pop in, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" So uh, there's that. And uh, then we went into, uh, so then that brought you up to speed for this intergender tag team match that we had. Yeah. Uh, Trish and Steve Blackman against Saturn and Terry. Bro. So, I mean, uh, wow. Terry and Perry. Yeah, there you go. They just Terry called Perry. them Perry. And the sad thing is, is they were doing the concussion storyline for Perry Saturn. Yeah. Well, this was, well, right. Well, this was after he, uh, after he shot on that kid. And that's, that's why they gave him that gimmick. Yeah. So like, yeah, 
he was wrestling an enhancement guy. The enhancement guy pisses him off. So he like shoots on the kid and freaks out. And then after that, they decided to punish him by giving him this. You've been hit on the head gimmick and you're stupid. Yeah, basically. So, so the whole thing of this about being intergender match, the one time it was about to have an actual intergender, um, you know, connection, it was avoided. It got taken out. So it might as well have been a mixed tag. But either way. A huge tease, if you will. Yeah. But it was in this match where the kickoff got kicked. <laughs> I I had a lot to write down here. I had so many thoughts spilling out to me. First and foremost, these shows, the show already was just completely schizophrenic compared to oh. how Raw is nowadays. You know Benoit what I mean? and Rhino went 3.28. See, there you go. Three minutes, 28 seconds. Uh, Terry left nothing to the imagination here. Um, she's wearing like a nude bathing suit, basically. And it's all the way up her ass. Um, so there was that. Uh, there was a spot where Blackman throws Terry uh, behind his back, which was uh, interesting. Used her as a weapon. Uh, Lance Storm runs in, helps Blackman. Okay, so yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just reading, glancing over it. This is where it happens. Yeah, we get Lance Storm running in. Lance Storm is the first WCW person fires the, the first roster of all the people from WCW. They choose Lance Storm. Yeah. Unless you count the won't say the name of the person spoilers who's did the Undertaker wife letter carrier thing. If that started last week, like you said. Right. But Lance Storm is the first person we see on TV from WCW. So there could have been better people, right? There could have been there could have been someone better. Right. Bagwell wouldn't no, dis- cool? no disrespect to Lance Storm. Oh no disrespect. <laughs> None at all. But I mean I Lance mean, Storm been cool, right? It was it was a little underwhelming, a little weird. No one really cared about him running in. At this point it's been two months, so like who remembers Lance Storm from WCW anyway? Yeah, um, but I mean, they Ross did put that over on the commentary, and then so it'd be one thing if they had the guy run in, but they have him run in and attack Steve. Oh no, they have him attack Saturn, uh, Saturn and help Steve Blackman win. Just the most random. It was just like the most random thing ever. Steve Dean, Blackman. Dean Malenko just looked at him like he was crazy right and then he got out and left and it's like uh okay 
And then they come then, back, they come back from commercial and you see uh, him running out and jumping in Shane's car. They're like yeah. celebrating. Yeah, we got him. Yeah, we just fired the first shot. Yeah, it's on. Yeah. And um, then they drive away. So then there's a video for the new Tapana. <laughs> also, Heyman immediately on commentary says that he has nothing to do with it. So he's already planting the seeds of this whole thing, yep. which I thought was interesting. Uh, for moment one. And then as they're talking uh, in between the commercial break, when they when they got the close-up on him and JR, uh, I believe that's when he says it. You know, he tells JR, uh, you realize what's happening, right? Uh, he, says, he says, you know what's begun. And JR just kind of plays it off. Uh, they show Storm leaving, of course. We just covered that. Vince chews out the security for letting him in. And that's it. That That's how we start the WCW invasion. So With Lance Storm. With Lance Storm in a lame duck situation. You know they had to have regretted this, right? Yes. I mean... Regardless, it ended up being fine. And, you know, obviously we know how this ends with Invasion being like. Uh, Unless they wanted to start like that. Because it was, I mean, it was a pop, but not. They probably wanted. Uh, I can't I can't really say what they wanted, but they could have wanted something a little obscure. Because if they wanted something big, they could have sent Booker T out there. You know what I mean? Right. They had to have wanted someone who was a little obscure. They had to know what uh, Lance Storm brought to the table. They could have sent <laughs> Scott Steiner out there. <laughs> Although he wasn't, he didn't get signed, but. Right. <laughs> well, apparently they, they had. anybody. Apparently they had DDP in the wings, but yeah. instead they decided to do this, you know, thing with Dude, him and Taker, uh, which I hated that. I mean, we'll talk about that. Eventually. Yeah, which is what it is. But no, this is where it all starts. This is basically yeah. the point why we're reviewing, you know, this specific show uh, is to talk about this. Um, but um. The next thing that happened before the next match uh, was the backstage thing with the Dudleys and the Hollies. Now, uh, I was watching the little thing between Spike Dudley and Molly Holly. I always liked that little couple. Uh, and later on, she had the same thing with uh, Hurricane, uh, Mighty Molly. Mm -hmm. She always did the cool little... Uh, meet up things with the small guys uh but i kind of noticed that uh spike and molly had a little romeo and juliet thing going you know the two families right two families don't want them together you know it's the most classic uh, storyline there is yeah aw has it right now with uh uh cool hand Ange and uh 
um, Ruby Soho, uh, right? Soraya and uh, Daddy Magic are like yelling at each other, stopping them from doing uh, getting together or whatever. Just a little thing I wanted to point out there. A couple of times that's happened in the past. I've seen bits and pieces of that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, be that as it may. That's how this starts. That's how they decided to start this thing. And we should have known that it was DOA at this point. And as we go through this angle, we will, I think, uncover a lot more stuff like this. It's it's a miracle that the Invasion pay-per-view did a million pay-per-view buys because it was, it, they, they really just were not even trying with this. <laughs> um. We know now, all these years later, that uh, it's just it's just not the way you start this thing. It's just not the way you start something like that. Uh, the NWO made an impact because they came in and were a legit threat. It wasn't some random chicken shit run in thing. Yeah, like they came in to kick ass. Same thing years later with the Nexus. That's why that got over immediately because they actually put them over immediately. Yeah. Um, Shield. Shield, same thing. Yep, absolutely. You got to give these guys some strength in order for them to be the believable uh, adversaries and a worthy adversary or else it's just kind of there. And and essentially that's, that's the biggest mistake I think they made with this. But yep. They came in more as like the um, bratty little brother instead of the dominant other company. Very much like a lamb and not like a lion at all. That's that's right. Uh, To to quote the old cliche. But then we get... uh, And ProWrestlingFandom.com doesn't even have a time for that match. Hmm. So, I don't know what that tells you. They were too shocked. They were too shocked at the Lance Storm run-in, I guess. I don't know. They get Al Snow at WWF New York. He's trying to explain tough enough, which is a weird thing. You know, the fact that all these years later, you know, him having to, like, try to explain the concept. And he made a great line that said something about, I know. You know, it's another reality show, but it's good. And I'm just like, bro, visit us 20 years later. That's all it is still. I thought it was awesome. I was like, (laughs) this is going to work out. Uh, So, uh, Then they show Heyman and Ross again. Heyman continues to deny he had anything to do with the Lance Storm thing, obviously. Um, I mean, he's really overselling it at this point that there's there's something afoot. Yeah. Well, maybe because, you know, Lance Storm was a ECW wrestler at one point, so maybe Heyman's like, you know, he's on the unemployment line. I just want to make sure that he's not my guy. I don't know. That's kind of what I took it. Because Landstorm, when I think of Landstorm, I think of ECW, not WCW for him. 
Yeah, true. Me too. I mean, say that's a, that's the way it is with a lot of these guys. ECW tried to uh, WCW tried to poach a lot of them. WWE pulled a a couple of them. You know, yeah. Taz was there, Dudley's, etc. Yeah. Speaking of which, now we get to the Dudley's thing. Uh, they show Spike Dudley and Molly Holly in the back. They're trying to kiss. Angle interrupts him. Spike ends up slapping him because he disrespects Molly and they brawl. Uh, Angle slams him into this like guard wall thing that they had set up. It was freaking vicious as heck. <laughs> and uh, Molly runs to the Dudley's locker room to go get them to help. Uh, which ends up being a bad move because as soon as they come out of the dressing room, they get jumped by the Holly cousins. So uh, naturally, they blame uh, they blame Spike and they blame Molly. Uh, they don't trust Molly. They believe that it's all a setup. They got pretty much covered that, right? You know, Angle was giving them like a, this classic after school special about like hooking up and yes yeah. being abstinent and stuff. I thought it was funny. Ah oh, yeah that was yeah that was a good part of, of Kurt's uh Kurt's gimmick then. Yeah. So, so uh I did do a tiny bit of research for this. Uh you know the giant and Jericho never wrestled in WCW? Not that I could find anyway. I believe it. I thought, I thought for sure they did, but I, I could not find it anywhere. Yeah, they didn't really let Jericho work with um, a lot of the main event guys. I mean, the only time he really got to do that was the Scott Hall thing. Yeah. Other than that, he was working with the Cruisers mostly. Well, and then there was that little Goldberg thing, but... That didn't even actually turn into anything, right? They never, they never ended up having the match, or did they? I don't uh, remember. Jericho and Goldberg. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, no, that was a big. He basically made that whole, made up that whole storyline on his own without any kind of like management approval, and he thought that it was going to end in a Goldberg match, but then they they decided not to do it. Yeah, I don't remember all that. Instead, they just had him squash like a midget Goldberg or something. Something happened like that. I don't know. It was weird. Gilberg? Yeah. <laughs> um, Is that the Gilberg thing you're talking about? No. No, they did that. Gilberg was a straight WWF deal. Oh. That was hilarious. Uh, so yeah, we get Jericho and Big Show. Um, a lot of cool weapon moves in that. Hardcore title match, right? Yeah, it was really cool. A lot of cool weapon ideas thrown out there. Um. Yeah, I mean, at this point, and yeah, it it also should be noted that there is a thing going on with. Jericho and Vince, where he's basically telling him that uh, he'll be watching his work tonight. Yeah, possibly. Impressive. Right. 
possibly going to be more impressive than Benoit. Uh, so Jericho wins, I guess. Uh, Rhino gores him at the ramp and ends up winning the hardcore okay. title right there on the ramp. So he wins with a really cool drop kick and then a lion salt. It was pretty sweet. Gotta and love that lion salt. He, he wins in four minutes and 31 seconds. So far, that's the longest match of the night. All right. Retains his hardcore title. Goes to the ramp. Has a huge gore from Rhino and gets pinned. Okay. ProWrestling.Fandom.com tells me here that the Rhino-Chris Jericho match <laughs> went seven seconds. <laughs> so it took him four seconds to do the gore and then to climb onto him to start the pin. So there you go. It's hard to quantify those hardcore matches because, you know what I mean? They just kind of yeah. start. <laughs> there's yeah. no bell. There's no bell start. They just kind of start. Yeah. I know. God bless that 24-hour hardcore match. Man. Me and my friends, we had one in high school. Nice. We had a 24-hour belt. It was the ugliest thing. But <laughs> so, was, so was the hardcore belt, you know? Right. Uh, we upgraded it when, when we had the chance to, but. But we had a twenty four seven rule, and we would uh, we would get even a binder. One time, my friend got a binder and like held it against my back, and kind of pushed me against like that. And my other friend got down and counted it. Oh my I gosh! Like, ah. I was like what the? So you lost to the binder? I lost with my my shoulders on a binder. Oh my gosh! Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So you could always dispute the finish. Yeah. <laughs> my shoulders were down but i wasn't on like a mat i was on i was on a, a binder that's oh, man. great yeah some of the things we always had uh oh, man it's a lot of fun it was a great concept of course they dug this concept up again for the 24 7 title years later which is now also defunct yeah not as so. good there was never people chasing after the hardcore title and not to be confused with the beep hardcore title. No. Not that one either. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, uh, uh, no. Albert versus Eddie Guerrero. <sighs> you know, if they, if they would have gave these guys some time, I think they could have had a, a pretty cool match. But... This was Raw in 2001, and giving matches time more than two or three minutes was just not not happening, brother. Doesn't work for me, uh, brother. Did you notice that at the beginning of the match that the ring was mic'd louder than the commentators? Did you hear that? What? I could hear Albert yelling more than I could hear JR talking. Oh, wow. They yeah. must have had one of those weird cross mic, cross wire things happening at the at the moment. Yeah, it was weird. I even looked over and asked Laura. I was like, "Do you hear that?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird. I can hear him grunting in the ring, and I was trying to 
turned up the TV so I can hear what Heyman and JR were saying. But, uh, Maybe they were trying the, to mute what, what they were saying. I don't know. The powerbomb to uh, attempted her Karana spot was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. And then he ended up turning it to just like a, a I don't even know what you call that, a squash, I guess. Or just landed on his chest. Yeah, it's like a... Um, but Bob. Yeah. But I, I gave that gave me a good laugh. thought that was funny. A modified Brandon dance. <laughs> Have I ever told you about the Brandon dance? No, you got a Brandon dance? The Brandon dance was my finishing move when I was a child. We're talking a little child, and I would wrestle with my big brothers. Yeah, And basically what it was, was uh, they would be laying like prone on their back. And then I would get up on their chest or their stomach or whatever. And I would like dance around. I do like a little dance. And then I would just plop down and like sit on them. <laughs> that was the Brandon dance. That was my nice. finisher. Yeah. Um, uh, what's she call it? Uh, I don't know what she called it, but it was like a willow bump bop or willow bump drop or something like that. Similar thing, yeah. Similar thing with just without the dance, it just got right down the business, right? <laughs> well, I was a, just, butt, I, just butt the chest. I was a huge fan of you know Wildfire Tommy Rich and <laughs> Rugged Ronnie Garvin, so you know stuff like that, yeah. So the dance had to be there, right? It had to be there. Yeah, got it. That was all the rage at the time. So uh, I I was kind of bothered by something at the end of this match. They said that Albert was distracted uh, by Lita. Did you see that? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see? Did you see that he was distracted by Lita? I mean, not necessarily, but no, they... I I don't think. He he was faced that way before Eddie had done the move. So I was like, "Hold!" Oh, I didn't even see Lita, and then she had come this way, and then he was like not looking that way. He was faced this way. She was over here, and Eddie had done the move. And I was like, "Wait, what?" He was he was one, not one of those announcer cover-ups. I think yeah, that's what that yeah. was. I was like, no, you're you're bluffing me. So that would be yeah, I, caught, I caught that. <laughs> that would be like a cue that I used to get uh from the wrestling company, you know, from one of the from one of the people. Just just say this. Well that's not what happened. Well just you know what I mean? Just sell yeah. it like that is what happened. Yeah. Okay. They do that a lot now in AEW. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, and they also correct it in AEW. I like they do that now. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, do it in the corner. It's like, oh, yeah, he kicked him right in the head. Well, looks like he might have got him in the shoulder, but it's like, oh, that was good of you to actually give it to him. <laughs> the one commentator will say, yeah, right up against his temple. And it's like, well, it looks like he might have got him, you know, in the back of his shoulder or, you know, maybe closer to his arm. 
Bro, it is a lot harder than it seems. You know what I mean? That's all I'll really say about that is, I mean, you know, and it's such a fine line between like being a credible announcer and trying to just try to tow the company line, you know, yeah. like, like the towing the company line comes first, um, regardless, even if it makes you look silly, which, uh, is something that I kind of struggled with, you know, but, um, in retrospect now, you know, probably the right thing overall, but yes, it does. It can make you look like a fool, especially when everything is on tape and it can be drug over years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so then but, we get the, we get the angle we were talking about, right? Yeah. The video of some creepo creeping outside undertaker's wife sarah undertaker's wife the one from his neck sarah yeah uh sarah with no h no i don't Uh, trust sarah's without h's no need the h um (laughs) so (laughs) so uh do it do we want to give spoilers of who it is or do we want to wait I mean, I mean, Uh, either way, it's where this is going. It's a dud either way, not a dud leave, but a dud nonetheless. The reveal is anticlimactic. Everything about this whole thing is just icky, and I'm going to use that word, icky. I don't like it. I do not remember this Lance Storm run in, but I remember watching. I remember these segments well. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely made an impression because they were so different. I can remember that it was intriguing, at least, you know, as they develop it, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, you know, just the big mystery of who it is. Who doesn't love a good mystery? I mean, we're living yeah. we're living one right now with the, with the devil mask, right? Ooh, the devil mask. Drag that out as long as we can, you know. Have Which, you read online the ideas of who it could be? I've there's a lot of ideas and theories I've read, but you know what my theory is? Uh-huh. Uh, my theory is is that Tony doesn't even know who it is yet. He's like waiting. <laughs> He's waiting for like someone really good to sign or something to like reveal it. That that's what I think. I don't think we're gonna find out till like next summer, bro. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think Tony even knows. Oh shit, that's funny. Just <laughs> oh, like, shit. well, eventually, it's like the Black Scorpion thing, you know. Like, <laughs> you're you're, oh, you're hoping for the warrior or someone, you know. But like, yeah, I think that's kind of Tony's thing is he's he's waiting to he's waiting till he signs someone big and then have have him be it. I don't know. All right, so uh, back on. Oh, we're in the back now, and Benoit gets the nod. You're right. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> he said, "Well, both of you were impressive, but Benoit, you get the nod." This was oh, just uh, such a weird way to do this. 
You know I know. I, mean? I thought I thought it was it was just in like a it wasn't like a hallway or it like all the way in a room. It was like you walk through a door and there's like a like a gap of an area. It's like they caught them in like a, a corridor of some sort. Oh man, it was so yeah. weird of a spot to tell him. And after watching, it, after watching this part of it, I was like confused because I'm like, man, what? Like, are they friends now? Like, what is it? Like, Vince doesn't really, you know, he's not really acting like evil Vince McMahon towards these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just kind of being weird. It was, I, it, it was it, very awkward. It was very in the middle, yes. And then and then he's like, where did you get that footage, pal? And Jericho's just like talking to him like, you know, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, I thought I thought you get the nod was a, was a funny line to use. They played the whole thing off like it was... Like it was all a joke and they were all in on it. It was just strange. Yeah. Um, but I did also notate that beyond the announcers, possibly a little bit, and Vince McMahon, absolutely nobody is concerned about Lance Storm showing up. You notice that? Yeah. Like, yeah. not one wrestler is worried. Yeah. No nobody else is talking about it. About it. Yeah. They're just like, you know, business yeah. as usual. Yeah. Almost like everything in the back is pre-taped. So that's another misstep, you know, I think, because that was something that helped sell the NWO invasion. Once again, hate to keep going back to that, but. Yeah. That... Everyone was talking about the outsider who kept coming in. Right. And everyone was, was concerned. Yep. You know, the, the announcers were worried. I mean, everyone was worried as hell. And uh, I think that that made it effective, but they decided not to do that here. Uh, we get Regal, Tajiri, and this time with Vince. Uh, they send Tajiri for coffee. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he says Austin has a great idea for the main event. And he tells Regal that, he should be watching or something to that effect. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah then he says, bloody foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that got me. Uh, then we get Dudley's and Holly's and a tables match. Uh, Dudley's go over here. They try to bubba bomb Molly through the table. Spike. Gets in the way, but Bubba does it anyway. So uh, those damn Dudleys. I just want to say a line that Jr. threw out there, or either Jr. Or Heyman, one of the commentary guys. He says, and I quote: "Crash left a perspiration mark on that table." <laughs> that was a line used in wrestling. All right. Crash left a perspiration mark on that table. Cool. And he was, slid down it. It was either that or some oil or some spray tan or something. Oh man, that's funny. You know, I had thought I really liked the three D through a table. I think oh, that's yeah. a cool move. For sure. 
the 3D is just awesome in general. Yeah. But when Bubba's on the other side of the table waiting for you to come over. So, um, I got a question on the next on the next segment. Yes, sir. Uh, moving on. Um, uh, this is the Triple H video package yes. and all that. Okay. Uh, yes, it was the it was the short time that we had a medical special on and forgot we were even watching wrestling. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. It was like, a good a chunk minute. of time. This is a Triple H documentary. Oh yeah, that's it right. Was it's like, raw. It was a full-on surgery. Like, yeah, it showed a lot of stuff. It was really interesting. Right. Uh, was he out for the whole invasion? Yes. Huh. That's he really was, interesting. He was gone. Not a not a trace. This is the last time we see. I mean, I'm sure they replayed this video on the next couple shows, possibly until until uh, Royal Rumble, right? Is this the year he came back at Royal Rumble, two thousand two? The Rumble was his first match back, but he actually came back on like the Raw like a week or two before that Rumble to announce oh, okay. that he was going to be in it. Oh, okay. It was huge. I remember if uh, you 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 guys want to hear a pop, uh, one of the biggest wrestling pops in history. That's one of them sticks out in my mind. That Triple H return in early two thousand two, uh, Goosers. I remember watching it live. It was great. It was a big deal. So after we get the medical documentary. We got the guy who got the nod versus Austin. Before, before, oh, wait. We, hold on. That, I, I want to ask you something. What's up? Do you think, okay, so when we're talking about Triple H and this injury, right? So he yeah. pulls his quad in that tag team match the week before, okay? Continues the match, gets put into the walls of Jericho. All right. And I, I wrote down a question here asking if uh, if you thought that Trips asked for it or if Jericho just did it. Um, but now that I'm thinking about it, I remember that Hunter, at least according to Jericho in his book, that Hunter did ask for it to happen. Like Jericho did not want. Jericho wasn't going to do it. Um, but what's but, the spot? But Hunter, Hunter called for for the walls. Uh, it's when he Show put him in the, go on. Right, it's when he put him in the walls of Jericho on the table or what have you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I remember that story now from from Jericho's book where he was like, he was telling him he wasn't gonna do it, and Hunter was like, "Bullshit, you're not. Put me in the walls." That's insane. What a dude. I mean, come on, man. This dude, say what you want about him, but gosh. He he (sighs) he paid his dues. Dude. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. The Dudley Holly match went three oh five. Another three minute match. Yeah. How about that? Uh Chris Jericho, uh 
Big Show match is still the longest one on the card up until now. 431. Also, Jim Ross mentions at the end of that medical video that Triple H will be out at least four months, which is laughable. Because, I mean, at that point, it would have been like September and he was out like another another like four months. on. He was out like eight months total. So, yeah. JR being super like rosy colored glasses there for Vince, <laughs> you know, but like that was not happening. Um, but yeah, so, then we get Benoit and Austin main event time. Benoit versus Austin being accompanied to the ring by Vince McMahon. And um, I think we failed to mention at this point that the show, uh, well, I mean, you did mention at the top, of course, that we were in Canada. Yeah, because uh, Vince shot on Canada pretty hard in the beginning. Actually, he kind of boosted them up in a very negative way, positively. And then we get, uh, basically, long story short, they decide to do the Montreal finish here. Yeah, the Calgary screw job. <laughs> now, did, did you see the the who puke sign in the audience when they were fighting on the outside? No. <laughs> there was a who puke sign on the outside. He's oh, gonna right, puke. Front row. Yeah. Oh man. And then Earl Hebner did the arm kick. I've always liked the Earl Hebner arm kick. Yeah. It's like oh. when they it's like when you check if someone's dead in a movie. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, it's when he's holding on the ropes. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When he, when the guy's holding on the ropes when he's got him in the uh abdominal stretch. Yeah. And he holds on the ropes. Uh he'd do that spot every now and then. Yeah. That's like his specialty. Yeah. And then um when he's on, when Austin was on the top uh, of the turnbuckle and, and his tights were halfway down his ass, and they panned over, you can see it from like his waist, and then you see nothing but white, and then you <laughs> see his black, his black trunks again. Right. And then, and then they panned the front of him, and they cleared out onto the audience, and there's just like women with cameras, a whole <laughs> line of them. <laughs> So somewhere out there is just a bunch of pictures of Austin's white ass. Everyone in their disposable cameras. Yeah. Yeah. What an experience that was, you know what I mean? Eight, you know, you spend eight to ten bucks on this camera, take all these pictures, and then you get them back a week later and you realize they were all garbage. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that was great. I just found a bunch of those containers here. Bunch of un undeveloped film. Oh wow. Yeah. Got a few of them. That would be interesting, I wonder. Yeah. Who knows what kind of gems you may have, Vito? I think it's mostly Laura's family's pictures. Maybe some good ones. Who knows? Well, you know um, you knew they were doing the Montreal finish the minute that they announced Hebner as the ref. Like as soon as they yeah. did that, I was like, Oh God. Are yeah. they gonna do Hebner Montreal? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, uh, dude, afterwards, when Jericho came down and they were they were beating him up, did you see over there? It's it's was hard to see, but in the left side screen, Benoit was like laying in the vents. Right. He got like three punches in the vents and then rolled them in the ring. Uh, I think he rolled them in the ring. And then like was beating him in the ring too, like stomped him. I was like, how is he getting away with this? Lay it in thick, pal. Yeah, and uh, that Austin match went uh, 11-12. So. Well, at least they gave them a little bit of time, even though it was for a, a screwed finish. And uh, Jericho ends up attacking Austin, and we basically end the show with Austin in the walls and Vince in the cross face yeah. uh, at the same time. So basically, Vince just taking the place of Triple H here in the in the angle, really. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, hey, uh, how are we doing on time? Can we uh, talk about something real quick? Do it. Let's do it. You want to run down tomorrow's card? Survivor Series. Let's do it. Yes. All right. Let me pull her up real quick. Survivor Series. War games. War games. Okay, here we go. We got the match Gunther versus the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. We got uh you know how often I pay attention to this. I've only caught this uh every once in a while. Is he set to lose his title? I heard the other day that uh, he has said something about someone asked him if he would ever cash in his Intercontinental title for a world title shot. And he looked at him like they were stupid or said that was a horrible idea or something like that. He likes being Intercontinental champion. So what do you think? You think he'll lose it? Nah. No, he retains. Especially, not to, the, especially not to the Miz. You, th- you think his career is over? I mean, Miz is Miz. I don't think his career is over, but I mean, this is just, uh, you know, it's just, they're just trying to have a match here. It's not going to be anything important. A Gunther win, but so I, I don't even think it's going to be that good. No. So we, then we got uh, Mommy, Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark for the Women's World Championship. You see mommy losing? I mean, no. Hopefully Zoe Stark can have a pretty good match with her, but yeah. I don't think it's gonna be anything on the on like the high level, you know, like a Charlotte Rhea level or anything like that, but it should be fine. Then I'm gonna skip what they have here and go Santos Escobar against Carlito. That should be a Banger. Have uh, they been doing stuff with with Escobar? He's got this little thing with Rey Mysterio, I think. So he turned he turned yeah. on the LWO or something. Yeah, because of Carlito. Right. It was like, oh, you're letting him be in here, type of thing. The old I guy. See. So huh. it'd be cool to see Carlito wrestle the pay per view. Well, Carlito so is we got, looking pretty jacked nowadays. Yeah. And then we got war games. We got Cody, 
Seth freaking Rollins, Jey Uso, and Sami Zayn versus oh, and Randy Orton. Randy. Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. Judgment Day is Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dom, and JD McDonough. Who do you think? Got the faces or Judgment Day on that one? Got Randy yeah. coming back. I think something's probably going to be afoot with the whole Randy thing, and I think the, the heels probably will end up winning more than likely. I don't know. What do you think? Um, they're in Chicago. I just don't see any reason for faces to go over. Yes, they are in Chicago. I know we've been, we've been uh, well, not That's us. That's all I'm but... going to say. I'm not going to say anything else. I think uh, Judgment Day is probably going to pull it off. Heels win about, uh, war games a lot. Right. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. We're just not going to speak of it. No, I'm uh, not so, going to even entertain uh, the thought because I, I just know it's not happening. So women's war games match is uh, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch against the new damage, the new and confusing damage control, Bailey, Oscar, Eosky, and Kyrie Sane. So, there's that. Well, I'm going to go with the faces, I guess, since I took the heels in the other one. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, plan. Because I feel like I Bailey is going to get kicked out of the, the foreign group. The three Japanese chicks and the Australian girl. Right. With the annoying yeah. American girl. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't know what it is. I was like... I'm, I tried to get in to this card and this whole thing, but I mean, you just read over it, man. Like, it's really a nothing happening show. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, who nope. really cares? There's nothing. There's nothing of any significance that's going to come out of it. So nope, it'll be a fun show. But even that just seems kind of seems a little bit thrown together. Yeah, but honestly. It doesn't matter who's in war games. It's a fun match, fun match to watch. Right. Yeah. And I sent you the the picture of who I fought in war games on the on WWE 2K23. That was fun. See, just to let you know, everybody is listening. I did. I downloaded the AEW roster on 2K23 and had the Elite go against the NWO on in war games. As you can probably know, Kenny Omega pinned, uh, I believe, or no, Matt Jackson pinned uh, X-Pac, I believe is what it was. But, uh, yeah, very fun. But War Games, looking forward to it. See, that would be worth something. That would be something to get excited about. But, I mean, you know, it's going to be a fine show, I think. But, luckily, now that it's going to come and go, man. We just got like a month more of like kind of boring WWE to get through. And then it's rumble. It's mania season. Um, we got, we got to suffer through, I think another like month of like basically nothing happening. 
actually, I think uh, if if <laughs> if someone, if whoever is still listening to this video or podcast, I think I want to bring this up right now. I'd like to talk about in a week or two, maybe talking about this Continental Classic tournament AEW is having. Get our thoughts on tournaments like that. Another tournament. Yeah. Now this time they they're doing a thing like a like uh, the G one. It's like the G one. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I want to get your thoughts on it on the later show. So we'll talk about that next time around. Well, folks, I believe we are at our cutoff for this episode, but yes, please join us as we continue on this journey of the WCW invasion. All in all, not a whole lot to report out of this raw, but it was the very first shot fired for what it was. Of course, the Lance storm. Yep. Of course, the Lance storm run in. Awesome. This, this begins our journey. Uh, as far as the WCW invasion goes, I guess. So are we going to do, are we doing the Smackdowns too, or are we just going to do the Raws? Uh, it's kind of uh, hard to say, because I think some, some important stuff does happen on SmackDown throughout the we'll course of this. We'll figure it out. Let's play it by ear. Yes. We'll let you know. We We might decide one way or the other by the next time we roll. Who knows? But that is it, folks. Thank you very much for joining us on this journey. Make sure you do whatever you got to do to find your way back to us. If you if you're just finding us, if you're just finding us for the first time, but you should always be liking and subscribing and telling your friends about us, tell, especially if you like invasions. Tell all your wrestling friends. Tell all the wrestlers. Put it here, pal. <laughs> Let's do it. We oh, wait. My camera's over here. I'm looking at you here, but my camera's actually right here. Do sweet me, Vito. We are out. We'll catch you guys next time as we continue the invasion. The WCW invasion. Yeah. Still got it.